Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, May 8th. I'm Wayne Pratt. The Archdiocese of St. Louis says public services at its churches can resume May 18th. It will be up to the discretion of individual pastors. May 18th is also the day St. Louis City and County are planning to start reopening their economies. Missouri University of Science and Technology in Rolla will lay off some employees and place others on furlough. It's part of more than $8 million in budget cuts. The revenue shortfall is caused by the coronavirus-related closure of campus housing and cuts in state funding. Furloughs could range from a week to three months. Those workers would keep health benefits while off the job. More than 50,000 Missouri residents filed new claims last week for unemployment benefits. State labor officials say even though the number is high, it is the third straight week of declines. In Illinois, more than 74,000 people filed unemployment claims during the week ending May 2nd. That's down from the peak of more than 200,000 during a week in early April. BJC Healthcare is now requiring all visitors to hospitals and doctor's offices to wear a face mask. The healthcare system is citing guidelines from the Centers for Disease Control. The policy applies to those two and older who can safely wear a mask. Patients will be provided a face covering if they do not have one. Here are the numbers. There have been more than 94,000 COVID-19 cases in Missouri, up from around 9,100 in the previous 24 hours. Officials report nearly 420 deaths. That's up from around 400 at this point yesterday. In Illinois, there are nearly 71,000 positive results. State officials were reporting around 68,000 24 hours ago. There have been 3,100 deaths in Illinois, up almost 140 from the previous day. In just a bit, St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports on the rural hospitals that may be in danger of closing because of coronavirus. As many communities reopen their economies or are in the planning stages of doing so, schools are also considering how they will move forward after the shutdown. There is now some guidance on how educators can reopen schools in the fall. They include alternating days students can come to school with online learning. St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney has more. When kids are in the building, they'll need to wash their hands once an hour. Students could be divided into smaller groups so desks can be spaced out. They won't be able to share supplies. Jennings Superintendent Art McCoy says getting kids to follow these practices will be challenging, particularly for younger grades. It's quite unrealistic to expect that, and especially the first uh, two weeks of school. Before COVID, that was very true. Experts recommend that if a student or teacher becomes ill, the school should close for up to a week. There's no clear source of funding to pay for more staff and longer school years. There are also big questions around who would watch kids on the days they're out of school. I'm Ryan Delaney, St. Louis Public Radio. Area pediatricians are urging families not to put off routine checkups for young children during the outbreak. Doctors say parents are postponing or canceling appointments for vaccines that prevent diseases such as measles or whooping cough. Creve Corps pediatrician Maya Moody says parents should consider those visits, especially for younger children, essential. The last thing we want is for some of those critical levels of um, herd immunity that we need 
uh, drop below and us have a measles epidemic on top of the, you know, the concern with the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic. She says doctors have scheduled routine visits for first thing in the morning, right after the offices have been cleaned and disinfected. State senators are asking Illinois' Department of Health to be more forthcoming on when and how much protective equipment is going to nursing homes. Sam Dunklaw reports. State Senator Laura Fine of Glenview says she's concerned staff at nursing homes don't have the protection they need to keep residents safe. She says neighboring Indiana is letting its nursing homes know how much PPE they can expect. We haven't seen that yet in Illinois, and that's something that I think would be very helpful. And let's see how can we coordinate this really just to give our our nursing homes direction. Governor J.B. Pritzker has regularly told the public how many masks, gloves and other items are coming into Illinois. But Fine and others say that doesn't tell the whole story. And as part of a bargaining agreement reached with staff this week, nursing home managers say as long as COVID-19 is a threat, they won't require anyone to work there if there's not enough PPE to go around. I'm Sam Dunklaw. In other news, the last living child of a St. Louis couple who broke residential segregation barriers in the U.S. has died. Chatley Williams was the daughter of J.D. and Ethel Shelley. The couple brought their case to the U.S. Supreme Court, which ultimately put an end to legalized residential segregation in 1948. Williams' granddaughter, Monica Holmes, says her grandmother taught her many things, including the value of family. To have a family, to be a family, and she basically raised us up on how to love love each other, our respect, and how to respect our elders. Chatley Williams worked as a seamstress. She was 88. Most coronavirus cases and deaths have been in large urban areas. Rural hospitals in Missouri have been preparing for the possibility of it spreading to less densely populated regions. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports preparations for a virus that may not come are putting some rural hospitals in danger. Salem Memorial District Hospital, about 125 miles southwest of St. Louis, is one of nearly 8,000 critical access care hospitals in the U.S., Those are federally designated and partially supported hospitals in rural areas that are deemed necessary to serve people that would otherwise have to go too far for basic services. Those services include emergency rooms and stabilizing patients that may need more advanced care. Salem, like all similar 25-bed hospitals, had to prepare for the possibility of COVID-19 patients coming in large numbers. Mike Gruenberg is the Director of Disaster Preparedness at Salem, He says that meant some big changes. We don't usually admit patients on ventilators. So usually those kind of patients we would send to the urban facilities. We have had to change our our way of dealing with that. We do have some extra ventilators in-house now. We are able to keep these patients. Salem also had to set up special rooms necessary to treat coronavirus patients and find the protective equipment like masks and gowns they would need. It's a similar story at Missouri Baptist Sullivan Hospital, about 50 miles closer to St. Louis. Dr. Salil Goyle is one of the doctors who works there. He says the preparations have been extensive, but also very productive. Uh, We've seen a handful of patients, and um, so far uh, we've had good outcomes. And um, I think my colleagues, as well as the nursing staff, feel pretty confident about treating all the patients 
uh, however they can. Sullivan has treated and discharged some coronavirus patients and had no deaths. Salem hasn't had any cases yet. But the economic impact on these small hospitals may be substantial. That's because they've had to cancel all elective and non-emergency procedures, which is the main revenue source for critical access hospitals. Tony Schwarm is Missouri Baptist Sullivan's president. He says the federal relief packages have not done much for him or his peer hospitals. You might hear some of the funds that are being allocated to the hospitals that won't even come close to replacing the revenue that we've lost. So we've got some tough days ahead of us, but we'll get through it. Missouri Baptist Sullivan is part of a bigger hospital system and has access to additional resources. But many rural hospitals don't have that safety net. Congressman Jason Smith, a Republican from Cape Girardeau, is part of a 30-member delegation that is calling on Congress to do more for small hospitals. He says the provisions in the first couple of rounds of coronavirus help were not adequate. A provision that was highlighted in the CARES package was, you know, the Medicare Accelerated Payment Program, which is a loan, and that concerns the rural hospitals a lot because the last thing they need is another loan. Smith says rural hospitals, many of which routinely struggle financially, need more. He's advocating a loan forgiveness program if a hospital can show that payments to cover coronavirus shutdown losses would put the hospital in jeopardy. And that risk is real, according to Casey Lucas, the CEO at Salem Memorial. He says while his hospital is okay, some in the region aren't. They were doing poorly when this hit, and and it just made things worse. I mean, I think, uh, you know, without saying names, I know a hospital that's that's teetering at this point and, and could probably go. Seven rural hospitals have closed in Missouri since 2010. And the Rural Hospital Association put the state near the top of its list of states with hospitals under threat of closure. That was in a report released prior to the coronavirus outbreak. In Rolla, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. I hope you all have a great weekend. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.